You're listening to Flipping Tables on Sunrise Robot. Find out how you can support us at sunriserobot.net slash support. Welcome to episode 134 of Flipping Tables. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Edwards. And I am David Lyons. And I'm officially in Columbus, Ohio. Whoa. Boo. I mean, yeah, no, boo, boo. <laughs> Not I'm, boo because I'm going to like miss hanging out with you, but the last like three episodes were just so easy to mix. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about that mix. Um, I've, I've got an old fashioned, I made it home. And this is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> Do you, do you have any like cool road trip stories or is it just like we drove in the dark? Yeah, the main story is, <laughs> I mean, when me and Benji, uh, my friend, flew out to, uh, you know Benji, but the audience may not, um, he flew out to uh, ride in the car with me and help me drive. And originally, you know, we had in the back of our minds, you know, we can take it easy. Um, there's no nothing to rush for and we can stop at a hotel the first night, you know, somewhere around St. Louis and then finish the rest of the next day. And, you know, by like 9 or 10 p.m., we were just like not even close to being tired. We were just like <laughs> fine, talking the whole time, listening to tons of music, whatever. And so uh, we just decided to make it happen and just drove the whole way. So, you know, just for reference, Denver to Columbus is about 18 to 20 hours uh, depending on if you hit any city traffic, uh, Kansas City or St. Louis. I, I assume there was some sharing of the responsibilities. Like yeah, Benji. Because there's one picture that I saw, and it's you in the passenger seat. And I was like, did that bastard really <laughs> make someone else chauffeur him all the way to Columbus? <laughs> he had to open my door for me every time we'd get out. No, no, I actually did about half. We split it pretty evenly. So it was a good share. And uh, I just had a carload of stuff because we I drove the U-Haul out with a different friend that I made sure for, chauffeur me, Kevin, <laughs> uh, in mid-July. So this was just the final like suitcase and a couple boxes kind of thing. Oh yeah, well, and for most of the drive, you're in like barren highway. So if you'd yeah. gone careening off in a, a midnight stupor, it would have been your problem and like not anyone else's. The crazy thing is we went through two flood warning level rainstorms on the oh, way. How and so and I'm in a tiny little Ford Focus. It's not like I have some <laughs> off-road, you know, amazing fancy tire treads going on. So it was a little frightening when you can see like, you know, you can't even see the lines on the lanes anymore and you can see like very faint lights of other cars and you're like you don't obviously i slowed way the hell down but um you're worried that other people didn't or that you know whatever and it's just very frightening uh when you're used to living in denver where it rains almost never yeah this was uh a normal occurrence growing up in florida and yet it seemed like you were surrounded by people who were seeing rain for the first time. And I don't just mean heavy rain. I mean, like, turkeys out the window, like, oh, my God, water <laughs> falling from the sky. It's like, yeah, if you want to be marveled by it, can you please pull over and <laughs> not just drive down the highway with your flashers on, which is actually illegal. You're supposed to put those on because you're not moving, not because you're still t trying to drive. <laughs> uh, so two of those storms, and we made it through. And we're fine, but yeah. 
Unless you're podcasting from beyond the grave. <laughs> uh, that's about it on the the travel. I'm 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 on my second day in Columbus. I love our place. It, it's good to be back with Shelby, and nothing else exciting to report yet. Yeah, I get the whenever you ask someone about cool road trip stories, there's that part of you that's like, I kind of hope they don't have any because <laughs> it's it should be like a really mundane, like, yeah, we drove in my car and the car didn't catch on fire and we didn't get arrested and we didn't see any dead bodies. Like, yep, we just drove and it's it was like, fine. Did you have any interesting dreams lately? I really hope they didn't. Please don't tell me about your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like, I don't want to be bored. This is like, I didn't yeah. want you to, you know, be hurt or... <laughs> Or have been involved in some shenanigans, Stranger Things style. Which, by the way, it's so good. <laughs> you finished. I did. We could talk about that another time. Okay. You, you, you and I will guest on Likely Story, and we'll talk about Stranger Things. <laughs> we do have some follow up for this episode. Uh, now a that bunch of follow up. <laughs> now that my personal chit chat's over. Um, <laughs> first off, No Man's Sky. So we kind of deliberately avoided reviews, and I haven't. I don't. I didn't buy the game because I was like, eh, not my thing. Um, but my God, the reviews. <laughs> They're so bad. <laughs> and so this is like, I, I should listen back to the episode where we talked about it because I kind of wonder, like, I know we were enamored by the technology and, and what it could potentially mean, like in the larger scope of things. But now I'm kind of like, oh, God, was I accidentally like ushering people onto the hype train? Like, you know, standing out there with my bell, taking tickets, like, all aboard the, the No Man's Sky hype train. So if anyone bought this game because of us, uh, apparently Sony and Amazon and Steam are offering no questions asked refunds. Oh, yikes. <laughs> so if we tricked you into buying this game and it was that terrible, please go get a refund. But like any good, awful thing, um, lots of fun internet nonsense happens as a result of something failing so hard. Um, and so we have two videos. And first is this Honest Game trailer, which uh, you you watch. Uh, is this worth checking out? Oh, always. The, the Honest <laughs> Game trailers are always at least worth a chuckle. Because, um, I mean, you know, the, to listen to the, the horror movie voice kind of voice over, and it, it's, yeah, it's, it's good. What's the best part about this is one of the biggest complaints with uh, No Man's Sky is that they kept riding their own hype train and then just shoveling more coal into the engine. So every time someone would ask them a question, it seems like, uh, I think that guy's name is Sean. It seems like he just decided on the spot to like agree to that feature. <laughs> and the most egregious, according to the majority of the internet, is the absence of multiplayer or any kind of like multi-person anything. Apparently, there's there's just like nothing uh, consequential. And in the trailer, it says like it's it's. I think he's on the Late Show because it sounds like Stephen Colbert saying like, "So you'll be able to to run into other people and like interact with them in the game." And he goes, "Yes." And then it replays it slowed down, and then replays that at like half speed. And he's like, Rrr. and it it does the like red fade over and all demonic, and it's just. Uh. This is okay. So, so what are people actually pissed about with this? Uh, apparently, there is nothing to do except mine and craft, <laughs> which is if you've been playing video games for the last like what 10 years, not like even kind of a new thing. 
And you're reminding me, I have a blog post from a few years ago where I complain that crafting systems are <laughs> always the worst part of a game. So if that's <laughs> the only thing your game is, that's going to be a problem for me. Yeah. So if you don't basically like the gameplay of Minecraft or uh, Don't Starve or any of like a thousand other games that have come out on Steam recently, like early access games trying to get greenlit or, or however that process goes, that this is that. Because the objective of the game is to get from wherever you start to the center of the galaxy. And apparently every time you land on a planet, all you really spend your time doing is mining resources to fix or improve your ship because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Like, like you don't interact with the biome. The There aren't really any other people, so you don't really fight them. The NPCs you run into don't really do anything. So it's an, it's, 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 I drive a broken car, the game. So <laughs> all you do is fix your car so you can drive to the next well, gas station. Some highlight quotes from this honest game trailer. They call it a feature rich screensaver. <laughs> uh, they say it got one thing right about space exploration, <clears throat> crippling loneliness, and, crushing loneliness, <laughs> and uh, drop acid and visit a planetarium. So. <laughs> Yes, oh, as, as an alternative. Move at the speed of a hundred-year-old stroke victims. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of curious on your, your feelings. I see in the notes here you have a very clear uh, opinion. Do you want to go ahead and state that for me? Yeah, this is all caps with periods. You might as well think it's those annoying tweets with the claps in between every word. Um, it's do not pre-order games. And I, I'm really a big believer in this because we've been burned so many times, usually from Ubisoft, because um, they, they're a very classic version of the trailer looks amazing and what they release is like pre-alpha. And, uh, just pre, You get nothing for pre-ordering games. And, you know, unless it's like you get some some physical, you know, piece of swag that you really highly value, fine. Like, go yeah, pre-order. Didn't, didn't the one of the Halo games do, like, an honest-to-God helmet? Yeah, and so, like, I get that if, like, you pre-order and you, you love the universe enough that you, the, the stuff you get is, is enough of a bonus. But if you're just pre-ordering the game to play the game, you're just telling them, I don't care what you release, here's my money. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I... Do you think this has gotten worse in the era of Kickstarter where people are like, yeah, of course I'm going to pre-order it. I want them to know I want it. And it's like, no, no, this is a product. Yeah. They're, they're going to release it whether you pre-order it or not. This is not like Kickstarter well, Indiegogo. Yeah. It's one thing when it's Pebble, when the first one was coming out, and it's like you're literally making it possible for them to release this product at all um, versus a game company that's you know being you know, co-published or produced with Sony and like they're they're fine. Like all the hype, they're fine. They don't need your money now. Make them earn it. Yeah, this is the the thing that stood out to me the most is among all of the uh melodica trailers which we included <laughs> in the show notes, which you must go watch. Uh, it says Welcome to No Man's Sky, Jurassic Park parody. Uh, sunriserobot.net flipping tables slash one three four for this episode but uh among all of the the hilarious complaining and and parody videos i noticed while i was thumbing through like reviews and thumbing through reddit um the vast majority of the complaints are incredibly measured and well reasoned like 
people saying, I expected this based on the trailer. I expected this. I expected that other thing. I didn't expect to have this problem that I'm running into or this other problem. Like these are not your typical uh, foot stomping you know, teenage nerds who are like, this video game isn't magic and perfect. And I'm angry. Like this is no art detective teenager. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's not Snidely whiplash. Who's disappointed because the train tracks are (laughs) curved when he thought they'd be straight. This this is like, so here's some of the the complaints I saw that were interesting. Um, Apparently the, the vegetation has a very small variety. So you don't ever see like, gigantic tree you know like 600 foot tall yeah. trees like chic level trees yeah they all kind of peak out at around the same height and the animals don't really have like an ai to speak of so apparently they don't really interact with each other which you would think one of the coolest things you could do would be to find a cliffside and watch you know scar kill mufasa and then the wildebeest herd like trample <laughs> but there's like none of that you you would want to watch like the wildlife of these alien worlds just do their thing and yeah there you just you can't there isn't that yeah i don't really want to just go and mine rocks and then turn those rocks into spaceship well, like so far this is the sort of the the glass ceiling of like truly procedurally generated open world games is they they seem to be still missing kind of the soul of what makes (laughs) you keep coming back and it's one thing when it's like diablo and it's like yeah like the dungeons are generated but really you're just on a loot quest for experience and it works fine and the rest of the game is so tightly designed with the powers and the the challenge that you don't care um but this is this doesn't have any of that mechanic you're not like other than your your broken car you don't really have the <laughs> satisfaction of starting out weak and becoming powerful enough to beat the devil himself <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i don't I mean, these these critiques have completely dissuaded me from wanting to play this specific game, and it has also tossed me firmly back into the finely designed, highly polished, well thought out product side <laughs> of gaming. Like maybe maybe this is not going to manifest in big, obvious ways for a long time. Because I mean, part of what we talked about last time was in what small ways will we see procedural generation work into an otherwise designed experience? And this really makes me think that you can't do full on procedural generation until you have like fairly robust AI, because otherwise you're going to have to program behavior into your animals and that's hard because you have this giant variety of animals you're gonna have to program certain things into like the way flora and fauna interact and that's hard because they're being procedurally generated so if you had ai that you could say okay you need to eat you need to mate you need to sleep now go live on this world and and then it like conducted itself basically like a real animal would in that scenario then sure you could sit on a hillside and wait for something interesting to happen because presumably it would but that is never ever going to happen in no man's sky because the rules literally are not there and it wasn't there's no like pre-scripted encounters like that so 
Uh, it really think, seems like that's the best of both worlds is have your sci-fi writer write a really awesome story and, you know, maybe you're just a smuggler in the universe where Luke Skywalker is off doing something else and uh, and then have those set pieces that you get, you know, even if it's like, and there's a galactic battle at the center of the universe and, like, you're just some guy in the battle that gets to go blow up the reactor, even though it's like everyone has their own instance of the boss battle at the end. But everything leading up to that is shared universe. And, like, it seems like that's the best of both worlds right now for this kind of game is script some things, <laughs> generate the rest, and everyone's happier. So talking about being a rando while other cool stuff is going on. So you do want to play that grass-cutting 3DS game <laughs> where everyone else Maybe. is Link and you're just some rando with like a scythe. Better soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, um, right. I, I do think it's almost a... They're a vic- no Man's Sky is very much a victim of their, their own marketing prowess in a way. Like It's like, man, if only you had a better game. Like You guys really captured everyone's attention and hit on some things that people really want it's just a shame you didn't make that thing (laughs) do you think though that once the marketing machine gets involved and once you know the the fan community is going that bonkers can it ever 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 live up to it and i'm not saying that we should give no man's sky a pass because i mean it sounds like it has some crippling problems but yeah you would you would almost say the silver lining to every single time this kind of thing happens where the hype machine has so outrun the actual capability of the product they're hyping that maybe some of the good ideas will trickle into other uh, designs or that at least people will say, okay, so there is a market for that thing if we can just do it mo' betterer. Right. Like there were touchscreen devices long before the iPhone. So that that market was established as something people thought was like worth having. And then the iPhone came along and made it like, nope, nothing has existed before this (laughs) that had a touchscreen. And then there's all the the dorks and nerds from the 90s who were like, no, my Treo had a touchscreen. And everyone's like, shut (laughs) up, nerd. Didn't have a real (laughs) touchscreen. I think that's what's going to happen. That's basically what we're going to see. Is there's someone gonna be, will make this game properly? Someone will do things with procedural generation that are more appropriate to the current technology level, and and well, still we get already excitement. seen that with the uh, half of Bethesda's games. Like they just they use it for dungeons in specific parts of the game, but the world is kind of set up and there's a story and that's all in place. Yeah. But I want to see, I think the technology is there to do more than just that. So that is well established as functioning just fine. And then there's the opposite end of the spectrum where No Man's Sky swung so hard for the fences that they like knocked their own batting helmet off. But (laughs) there's there's a space in between where we've been playing it safe with procedural generation where it's like, Oh, it's an infinite runner and the map is random every time. And it's like, okay, we've solved that problem. And then no man's sky was like, we have invented a simulation of the entire universe. (laughs) And everybody came back and said, no, you really sort of didn't. Um, but there, there's the fact that they at least try to like push the boundary. I think, verified or what what do you call it um it it validated the market for 
more interesting uses of procedural generation, more exciting and aggressive uses, I guess. Well, the big sell is the scale of the game that, you know, which is incredibly disappointing by all reports. It's like, oh. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it turns out they're 18 quintillion number. It's like you can generate 18 quintillion variations of something with not very many different factors. Like you don't need a long attributes list to get the factorial you need to reach 18 quintillion. Yeah, the, this was another thing I saw on Reddit. Somebody mapped out like the dozen types of planets you'll actually encounter, and then they're all just variations on that. And it's like, well, yeah, okay, so don't focus so much on the total number of permutations. I would way rather there only be five kinds of planets, but between them, there's a huge amount of variety. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, every Zelda game gets kind of jokingly mocked for like, here's the ice dungeon, here's the fire dungeon, but they use them so satisfyingly for gameplay mechanics that you don't really care that it's like, you know, across all the Zelda games, there's like four different kinds of dungeons and they're all really fun, so, except yeah. the water temple. <laughs> Screw that. <laughs> no, that's a perfect example, though, because I mean, it, I think in every zero punctuation review of a platformer he always mentions like oh now you're in the desert world now you're in the snow world but think about a desert world in a mario game versus a desert world in a sonic game and they're pretty damn different and each mario game and each sonic game has probably had a desert world and a snow world and a you know general like green hills kind of and yet they're wildly different totally different challenges like this these are design problems that are not insurmountable. We have solved some of them within, you know, like a, a certain parameter and there's still new things to be tried. So I'm, 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 I had no like serious interest in playing this game. I was very interested in the technology, but I'm like actually kind of still super disappointed. Yeah. Like, I wanted it to be good, even if I never played it. <laughs> but seriously, everyone has to go watch this. Uh, Jurassic Park parody because yeah. it's delightful and it's like 30 seconds even if you never saw the original Melodica video which is you know <laughs> one of my favorite videos of all time <laughs> so this is another and I, I don't think this gives it away too much but this is something that I saw as a critique that bummed me out because I realized I was taking for granted that the animals that were being procedurally generated would make sense. <laughs> and apparently, <laughs> apparently that is not the case. Apparently the rules are like some number of these features. Okay, go. And that means you can end up with animals that just make no damn sense. Yeah, you sense. get like a rhinoceros looking thing with butterfly wings and somehow it flies around and you're just like, nope. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that... That may be the biggest obvious problem because I don't know enough about plants to look at a weird plant and be like, oh, that plant would never <laughs> have evolved that way. This is ridiculous. But when you see the rhinoceros with tiny butterfly wings that's flying around, <laughs> oh, and all the planets have the same gravity. Uh, it's little stuff missed like that. Missed opportunity. Yeah, just a lot of little things that you I figured out tidal <laughs> forces from moons. <laughs> Yeah, by but, making the same gravity everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So th these are the things that I, looking back now, I'm like, oh, I was taking for granted that they had addressed those issues, and I was wrong. And apparently a lot of the internet also had been taking those things for granted. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, we are now going to spend a whole bunch of time on on Backspace. Wait, one last thing. Do you think No Man's Sky is officially in the same pile of game corpses that Spore ended up in? Because it had a similar hype cycle and similar crash and burn of, oh my God, it, <laughs> they did not pull this out. So my personal experience with Spore was that it didn't deliver on what everyone expected it to deliver on, but it was still at least like a fun romp for a little while. And that was the SimCity guy, wasn't it? Will Wright? Yeah. The complaints I've been seeing about No Man's Sky is like five hours in and you're just like, okay, I'm done with this forever. <laughs> so I don't know if Spore was quite that bad. I had a couple of friends that actually played Spore quite a bit. And every once in a while, I'd get a text message with some horrific monstrosity that had evolved <laughs> on a planet somewhere. But, yeah. Eh. All I, right. I, I think it's definitely... Um, I don't think they can patch these problems out. I think the game is done. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Backspace. Uh, can we solve this dumpster fire of backspace by adding spacebar into the conversation? Oh, and trackpad gestures and mouse gestures. There's so All many right. things we didn't even think about. So at this point, uh, let's say we're going to – do we want to say we're going to play Matt's response yeah. here? Okay. So uh, for the folks at home, uh, we were going to have uh, Matt of Bits and Pieces – uh, guest on and and talk about how wrong we are and and why backspace navigation is in fact fantastic and uh, scheduling just couldn't be made to happen so he delightfully pre-recorded three minutes of us being taken to task basically <laughs> uh, so uh, we're gonna play that for you now and then come back and tell you why he's in fact uh, dumb and wrong so take it away Matt okay so first of all you guys are completely wrong but honestly, as as you already said in the episode, I'm more angry about this not being an opt-in feature. Um, I'm really like, why remove it completely? Why not make it a switch in the settings or not even the settings? Maybe just put it somewhere in, in the configs where you can like enable all these flags that are very experimental and exotic. I wouldn't mind tinkering with that just to get my backspace back. Why do I have to get an extension for this? Um so th this is actually what I was angry about mostly. And also, yeah, there are a lot of people. Your wife uh, uses Backspace. My fiancé uses Backspace. Y yesterday I observed him using Backspace and he, he didn't notice that yet. And uh, it, it didn't work and he got slightly angry about it. And uh, so, yeah, obviously there are a lot of people. Now, here's my reason why I, why I prefer Backspace to this other shortcut, uh, Alt-Left which is, first of all, Alt-Left requires two hands. And usually when I use the backspace to go back, it's because I'm browsing very lazily. Like I'm just sitting back, maybe I just have one hand at the mouse. Um, or sometimes it's uh, when, I, when I really quickly want to go back. And um, I mean, even after years of playing Counter-Strike, sometimes I click a little too far to the left or to the right and I don't hit the button on the first try. So I just hit backspace because like on, on the keyboard, it's easier to hit stuff. Muscle memory works better that way. Um, so alt-left requires me to use two hands, which I don't want to use. 
And then also the other thing is that Alt-Left on my computer is mapped to move to the next workspace on the left. So I have multiple workspaces set up. And I believe on Linux, like the default is Control-Alt and then move around. But on my Windows machine, I just have Alt because I use this feature so much. I just wanted to have one modifier key. So yeah, I... I would have to relearn this other feature that I rely on on my computer just to use the backspace, uh, or the go back command, uh, which I don't want to do. On the topic of cursor focus, um, you're making it seem like it's so taxing mentally to keep track of where the focus of your cursor is. I mean, you guys check the mirrors before you change lanes right so before i merge on the freeway i go like okay is there something on the left all right now let's go the same way before i hit backspace anywhere um there are just there are just three like situations where i would want to use backspace and each one of them you would know where you are so either you, you just clicked into an input field to to correct something you know where you just clicked or you were already in that field and you were typing something and now you want to remove some characters you still know already where you are and even if you uh, as mike says like tap to the next input field you can see where you are where you tapped into and even if you like tap off screen usually it, like scrolls with you so now you see oh i'm not in the input field anymore i'm somewhere else on the page like something else is marked and when that happens why would you hit backspace at that moment why why would you do that and I honestly don't believe that's so hard to keep track of. Um, I don't remember in the last 10 years or so ever this this ever causing me a problem. But yeah, maybe I'm a special snowflake. Um, I just, I really don't understand it. Um, so yeah, in conclusion, you guys are wrong. Uh, give me my feature back without an extension. Just make it a flag. Make it a config flag. And I'll shut up right away. Okay, so why is Matt wrong, even though he had perfectly well-reasoned arguments? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to give him a couple points, I think the best argument for Backspace Nav is legacy. And, um, I mean, I think it's well known how I feel about legacy most of the time. Yep, yep. Um, but that, that is a legitimate point. If a significant portion of your user base expect a certain behavior you don't willy-nilly change that. Um, you, you at least think it through. Like, what's the user impact is a very important part of any design change you're going to make. And so I'll give them total points for that. Um, it's, it's, uh, it is just one consideration, though. And I think this is sort of the, the tension at the heart of it, which we actually got a lot of good commentary going in the Reddit thread. So thank, thank you to everyone who jumped in and uh, decided to be wrong in front of us <laughs> about this topic. Okay, I sound like a, such a, a jerk there. Um, yeah, you're a serious troll. I mean, we've both, we've both been trolling really hard. And I think I'll just say up front, and I'm pretty sure I'm speaking for you, that... We both agree this should be an option. We just don't think it should be the default on option anymore. Yeah. Now, okay, back to the hyperbole. Well, and so, I mean, <laughs> I, I couldn't help but laugh at Matt's counter-strike. Uh, I still click imperfectly, even though I counter-strike. <laughs> um, Bro, do you even counter-strike? Um, and, I mean... It, it's it kind of just brought up a lot of things that came up in Reddit. Is you know he talked about how he remapped Alt Left to something else, so he doesn't want to use that. And um, it's easy to kind of 
get into a laundry list of, but my muscle memory does this and I don't care about yours. And, um, on both sides, you know, I can be like, oh, I, I use backspace indiscriminately. <laughs> Whenever I'm angry, I tap backspace. <laughs> a backspace willy nilly, sometimes for no reason at all. And that's why we, we do have to pull back and think about, you know, what is the best default? Um, and, you know, Justin, uh, not my brother, but the, the other Justin, Justin Square, Justin The, the one other Justin. <laughs> um, provided a, a lot of context to the history, because it's easy to, you know, come to this and be like, why is Backspace navigating left um, or left, navigating back in your, your history? And it just kind of, you know, from a certain perspective can seem kind of nonsensical, but he was able to explain why it made sense at the time. The, the key was labeled differently. Um, it was it was a different world back then. <laughs> and uh, that just sort of surfaced to me, oh, like this is how we get in these conundrums is we make decisions at a certain period in time in a certain context, and then time goes by and different things grow, different vines of user experience grow around it and then you kind of have to decide when you're going to reevaluate that and I, I i don't think there's a simple answer to always cut legacy off at the hip um or do you you know do you favor legacy at all costs um microsoft style and just like you know change very slowly and i i know i'm personally comfortable with changing more rapidly most of the time but i get that you need to strike a balance or else your users will either revolt or they'll just they'll they'll do things worse because they won't adjust to the new behavior and so that's at the heart of this um but nonetheless in spite of all that that nice (laughs) (laughs) gestures of of goodwill i think the right default is to get rid of that specific feature yeah i mean the the ultimate problem here is the way things are does that have to be the way they stay forever and obviously the answer has to be no but you can't always say legacy is bad and you can't always say new things are good you have to take them on a case by case and i'm fairly confident that we have gotten to a point in history where it is okay not to remove this completely i'm still in favor of it being an option and not one that requires downloading an extension it should just be a checkbox or a feature flag um but it, I don't think it should be the default anymore. Although, uh, according to my poll that I put out on Twitter just to collect, <laughs> uh, as of the time of this recording, it is just shy of 10 p.m. Mountain uh, on Sunday night. Uh, 42% of people said that they use intentionally use Backspace for a browser <laughs> nav Uh against you know 58 no and i just i'm not saying those people are lying i'm <laughs> here is what i am saying uh and and this is the debate that i got into uh with susan who uses backspace for browser navigation i said what i cannot accept is that those people who use it intentionally have also never been bit by it accidentally because more than one person I came across when I was reading through comments complaining about the removal of Backspace for for browser nav said, I've never, ever been bitten by this. And I'm just like, never? Like, (laughs) never, never, like literally never. 
and and when I it has I, a self-reported flavor, like it, and that's the thing is, you know, I don't want to call my wife a liar, but when I when but I Susan, broached, you're lying. Oh my god. Well, when I broached this to her, she was like, "I don't think I've ever done it by mistake," and I was like, "Never, like really, never." Like I'm not saying you're lying. I'm saying maybe you're misremembering. And she's like, "No, I really don't think I've ever been bit by this." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I mean, neither of us have proof, so there's really nowhere to go from here. Yeah. My anecdotes versus yours. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will also give Justin a, a little bit of a shout out, though, because uh, this this comment, um, which I, I linked directly to his comment, as well as the, the Reddit post uh, for this episode in the show notes. Um, but he had a couple real gems in here. Uh, one of them is... Uh, when talking about like how it ended up being the backspace key, he said, but why the Microsoft hell would they use the backspace key? And I just like the idea of Microsoft being like an adjective for profanity. (laughs) Um, And then he also uh, linked to, so that was where the backspace or the back arrow was where it's, it's kind of ambiguous. Like what does that arrow do? It's just an arrow pointing to the left. Um, But he also uh, showed a, a, picture of the apple II keyboard uh which does not have a backspace or a delete key and i like to believe it's because steve jobs just said like you will never mistype anything on an apple (laughs) (laughs) like like, once you go apple you will never use the mouse and you'll drag the text to the trash every time (laughs) there will never be a wrong keystroke again um i'm sure there was some key com i guess a key combination to delete text shift spacebar i don't know but um (laughs) he also uh there's a a link in in his comment about insulting someone's mother uh techno he said that techno bullying is lower is a lower blow than insulting someone's mother and i invite everyone to go and and check out the link uh that he has in there (laughs) but it's a really in in true justin form because he he's brought a lot of good conversation i think to flipping tables like it's a really well researched comment like there were things about these old keyboards that again i was just taking for granted like what do you mean there was a time when there wasn't a backspace key on a keyboard how did you backspace stuff yeah but legacy man one of the things he brought up was um in a i don't know if it was snarky or not but it came off just reading the text the um (laughs) space bar is also an overloaded key there's lots of contact you know in media programs it's often play pause obviously there's the text entry adding spaces thing um, which is what it's named for um and there's all sorts of you know in video games it'd often be jump or you know depending on how old the game is or what era it might be fire or some other primary function because it's a big key that's guaranteed to be on every single keyboard so i get why it was overloaded because is it is it guaranteed to be on every single keyboard <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll eat my words when someone finds the space barless keyboard. Um, but it's one of the most prolific keys in all of keyboard history. And so that's why it always, you know, it's glommed onto as a, you know, you know, navigating web pages, it jumps you down a page, um, which, you know, in a pre video era made fine sense because it was just like another document, which, um, you know, if you're browsing manuals in your terminal, that was the way you got to the next page. And this now bites you. And so it kind of brought up like, oh, yeah, that, that key's also problematic. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, because, 
you know, how many times have you been on YouTube? And if you ever do enough editing in Logic or Premiere or any other program where Spacebar is a, you know, you use that key almost more than any other key because you're trying to check what you did and then you're stopping it. And uh, then you're on YouTube. And if your input focus is correct, that will play, you know, I think full screen mode mostly, um, it'll play pause. But if your input focus is not set right, it's going to hop down the comments a whole page and not stop your video. And now you have to scroll back up just to be able to stop it. Well, but according to Matt, it's not that mentally taxing to check your cursor focus, Mike. Come on. (laughs) Get your your head in the game. Um, Matt did point out uh, that like a lot of Google's products, there is a set of keyboard shortcuts that are really handy. And uh, this is where it gets even more hairy. because he pointed out JK and L will in turn uh, minus 10 seconds, K will play pause, and L will advance 10 seconds. Which That's is really very, cool. very Vimy. Uh, it, it's very every program where you hop around. Um, Gmail, you can hop between conversations with J and K, um, and, you know, like which one you're pointing at. And uh, this is where it bites me. In all my media programs, J and K hop back and forward through keyframes and i'm in after effects all day so i'm hopping between keyframes constantly k is not play pause in after effects spacebar <laughs> is and so it kind of just brings you back to the every user is a beautiful snowflake and they have a <laughs> they have a different venn diagram of the software they use and what the keyboard shortcuts are for that software and uh i just say bringing up spacebar just adds more complexity to the same legacy versus defaults uh, for the modern era conversation. And to me, it did the service of lending a bunch more fuel to my fire of like, oh yeah, when I go to pause a YouTube video and I hit spacebar and it scrolls down a little bit, I just reach out and scroll up with my mouse wheel and then everything is fine. Whereas if I hit backspace and I lose everything I entered into a giant text field, I want to kill myself. So... (laughs) You know, spacebar being overloaded in this way, I agree with you that it's problematic that it's overloaded, not just because it does multiple things, but that it does different things depending on your personal context and like what applications you use mostly. But at least in this context in the browser, it's non-destructive. And my biggest complaint about the backspace navigation thing is that for most of history, that was a destructive change. Yeah, You would be entering stuff into a text box, you would accidentally hit backspace when you didn't have a text box focused, especially if you're filling out a form and like you thought you clicked into the next one because you didn't tab to it, you were actually going to use the mouse. And also, I think that there's a few inputs that don't handle backspace navigation, like drop downs. So if you tab and you think you've gone to the next text box, but it actually took you to a drop down that's like to the right in between the text box and you hit backspace for whatever reason, like, oh, yeah. sorry, that form is now all deleted. So Across the board, my feeling with these default behaviors is that the default behavior has to be the least destructive possible, particularly if there's no good way to recover from it. I mean, I think we mentioned when a dialog box pops up, when you close, you know, Microsoft Word or whatever, and it says quit without saving, it doesn't default to yes, delete all my work. Yeah. It defaults to no, I didn't mean to close this. I'm sorry. Please just cancel. So that if you just mash the keyboard, it just takes you back to your document. Yeah. You have to take a more definitive, conscious action to destroy your work. <laughs> I am consciously destroying this, this terrible poem that I wrote in Microsoft Works. Um, yeah, this is, I'm, 
I really, there were a few comments uh, from a couple different people that I, I genuinely think we came across as a little, like, even a little bit more aggressive on our feelings on this than we normally do. And I'm not totally sure how to respond to that because I don't think either of us said anything we don't actually believe. Yeah. We just embellished it a little bit. Um, I don't so, think the people yeah, that so I'm disagree. Not, I'm not totally sure where to yeah. go with that. I I mean, I don't think we said this, but I, I, it's it's not like I think the people that disagree with us are stupid. Um, I just disagree. And so I, I do want to keep it respectful. The show <laughs> is called Flipping Tables. So yeah, our initial presentation is going to be a little like, everyone's dumb, we're right. But um, I really did enjoy the, the following conversation. And I hope we have yet another reverberation of that conversation, hopefully with some new territory. Um <laughs> One of my favorite parts of this, and you you can recap this if you want, but I just want to at least make mention of it, is uh, there was a a specific comment about how backspace for nav is simpler because it's a single key, whereas like (laughs) command left and command right or alt left and alt right, depending on if you're on like a Mac or a, a, a PC, which by the way, an entirely separate problem space because Mac keyboards and PC keyboards literally just have different buttons, even if those keyboards were made in the same era. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you cannot rely on them to perform consistently if you're in a different operating system, even if you're on the same browser. So there's like a whole other thing there to be unpacked. But uh, the, this argument was, uh, you know, backspace is a single key versus a key combination, and that that makes that <laughs> easier to access. And uh, your reply was that, it would be super efficient if Backspace reformatted your hard drive (laughs) because it's so many actions to reformat a hard drive. I admitted this was hyperbolic, but it it was the trend of like, yeah, but you got to step back and say, should everything be as easy as possible? And an important part of design is deciding which things are easy and which things are not easy. Um, which Facebook decided turning off sounds in the app should not be easy and that it should flip back on every time you update the app. Um, So thanks for that, Facebook. I do like that you thought of basically the most destructive thing you could do with a general purpose computer, which is reset it to factory specs. Like, yeah, that would be super convenient if there was just a shut it all down button. When I there was appropriate snark towards that argument later where someone's like, I reformat my hard drive every day. <laughs> I need that feature. Every uh, every workflow change or every change breaks somebody's workflow. I really think that XKCD is more and more appropriate to this conversation, <laughs> not is. less. Um, um, another thing that I have to uh, mention, because again, a listener, a uh, friend of the show, as well as a contributor to uh, to Likely Story, Carolyn uh, said when I ran the poll on uh, using Backspace for Nav. She replied to me and said, two finger swiper bust. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> How did I completely forget about trackpad gestures? And the answer is actually really simple because I can turn them off. Yeah. I don't like them. I always immediately disable them. In fact, disabling them is part of my new Mac setup terminal script because I hate them that much. Yeah. Well, but be- it seems because like- of that, I don't have like strong feelings about trackpad gestures because I don't have to deal with them like the way it should be. 
And that's the the thing is options are like a pressure release valve for users complaining and um, that's exactly why this wasn't a big flipping tables topic about, <laughs> you know, when, when you first got back on the Mac, when you joined C online, it wasn't just like constant, I hate the trackpad. I hate the trackpad. <laughs> it's like, no, the trackpad's amazing because I was able to turn off the crappy stuff. Although I will say in, uh, defense of this entire lesson we've learned from this is I don't believe that the two finger swipe should be default on as back because because it's the exact same problem for the people who like it apparently you have the most surgical ginger light fingered touch ever and you never accidentally engage your second finger on the trackpad but i don't you know use a trackpad with a fist and one finger extended so sometimes i would accidentally do that when i'm trying to like side scroll or whatever and it's it's not good no bueno well and even if you're always aware of your xy and you're you're a perfect scroller you always scroll up when you mean to you always scroll left when you mean to um for me it's about over scroll you know when when you're going to reach the fully left side of your document and our web page and then what's the the rubber banding what's the threshold for that skipping you over to the next page and that's where it got me is you'd end up on a site where for some reason you had to scroll sideways and i hate that because no one likes scrolling (laughs) sideways ever (laughs) and when you would go back and forth you would inevitably overshoot and then you would lose your page and then you're angry well and (laughs) there's a uh because is this only in Safari or was this in all browsers across? I OS think it 10? was all browsers. Okay. So regardless, um, when you accidentally start to trigger that gesture, you may realize that the little animation of the arrow fading in is actually quite subtle. So if you are slowly dragging when you think you should be scrolling, but you've actually reached the end, excuse me, you've actually reached the end of the the scroll bar, um, it fades in the arrow. Like you're about to go back a page (laughs) (laughs) that, you know, for, for Carolyn, it's probably like, ah, there's that familiar gesture. I know and love working exactly (laughs) as expected and designed. And for me, it was like, I gotta go turn that off. (laughs) (laughs) It's the arrow that reminds you to turn this off. That's how I know. Yeah, that's how I know I'm either sitting at a Mac I just reformatted, or I'm using someone else's computer. Like the uh, the the three finger up to like was it called expose or whatever, where you see all the windows. When I sit down at someone's Mac and they don't have that turned on, I feel like the world has gone out of color. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. How do I, how do I do things? Like, how do I navigate life? Yeah. <laughs> like imagine that you could disable command tab or control tab um, to switch apps. Like, Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I love, I use the keyboard quite a bit more when I'm at my desk because I have an external mouse, but if I'm in laptop mode, I'm all about the track gestures that make sense and aren't destructive if I trigger them accidentally. <laughs> I feel like I have to put that asterisk on like every feature I enjoy now. Like, oh, this is such a cool game because it doesn't delete all my saves from other games. <laughs> uh, woof. Yeah, woof. Do you... Oh my god, there's actually one other thing in here in my notes I completely forgot. So... <laughs> 
I don't remember seeing this come up anywhere. So so tell me if you saw this come up somewhere, either in, in our conversation on our Reddit thread or anywhere else when you were reading about this Chrome change. Uh, Flash games were like a big thing for like a long time. And all bets are off with a, a game. Like any key yeah. on the keyboard can do anything. There are certainly standards, right? The arrows tend to move you. The, the WASD tends to move you, right? You have... Yeah. Um, Space bar is usually like a fire your gun or an interact or a jump, right? Because it's big and easy to find with your thumb. But, I mean, Backspace could do any number of things in a Flash game. It could do nothing. It could do everything. Like, it's just another key on the keyboard. So, I can't believe I didn't think of or no one else that I saw said, like, oh, yeah, I've been playing, like, a game on Newgrounds and the game lost focus and I hit backspace and it navigated me away and I was wicked pissed because flash games don't typically have like saves or continuation or anything. Like I know I am 1000% (laughs) positive that I have bitten, been bitten by that. And that to me kind of skates under the radar of, of Matt's argument about knowing where your cursor focus is because there is not a clear indicator in a flash game that the flash object has cursor focus. In fact, there may actually be no indicator unless there's one like specifically designed because you've just clicked on an object that is not a text yeah. field and that is now definitely captured. Been a, yeah, been a point of confusion early on playing flash games is like, oh, I got to click in it to make sure it knows I want it to capture my keyboard. Yeah, yeah. So th- this is just yet another layer because now what operating system are you on what kind of keyboard do you have what browser are you using and now are you interacting with an object in the browser that behaves differently than the browser normally behaves i mean it's similar to what you said with youtube videos but the youtube videos are modern ones anyway because they're not flash objects they are talking to the entire document um it's uh it's not the case with flash objects. I mean, this is yet another reason flash objects are terrible, but <laughs> but it also does expose like the keyboard focus awareness mental state. Do I know where I am in the universe? Whew. We got just like so much more out of backspace than I could have ever yeah. dreamed. And we do invite a whole new round of debate about this. I, I wonder if there's points I hadn't considered or that we didn't cover in the in the Reddit conversation. So definitely head to our Reddit community, reddit.com slash r slash flipping tables, and uh, look for the latest episode and let us know your two cents about how even more right we are now. <laughs> how, how not sorry I am. Matt asked for an apology and... <laughs> Um, the only thing I'll say is uh, check out the Mike is not sorry uh, <laughs> link in our show notes. <laughs> so after I threw this poll out onto the internet and the early results were like, you know, yeah, most people agree with me. And then a few people voted yes. And I was like, okay, that's like Matt and Susan. Okay, fine. And then <laughs> like more and more people were saying like, yes, I use backspace for browser nav. And I, Mike, I got a little nervous. Like, <laughs> I, I started to have that like, oh my god, am I the crazy one? Like, am I insane? And and it's, I mean, it's way closer than I expected. Fortunately, still in our favor, but it's way, way. Cl- I mean, it's like margin of error close. <laughs> Forty-two to fifty-eight is not like a landslide victory 
granted the sample size isn't you know thousands and thousands of votes but still like way closer than i expected and the majority of people who follow the show and who follow us on twitter are technically inclined people so that makes me think like people who ought to know better are, <laughs> are actually like all happy with this and now sad that it's gone yikes Ooh, i'm a little I'm a little fatigued I have this this tale of of video game region lock to share with you. You want to hear about this? Is like yeah. kind of a like a, a a cool down story. A little palate palate cleanser for the end yeah. of the show. <laughs> so uh, I bought Rockman Four a little while back. Um, you actually you played it while you were you were you were yeah. Couch what's surfing. up with the solo interface? Never mind. Let's not worry about it. <laughs> yeah, that that could be a, a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> But so I, I got it at an absolutely stellar deal on Amazon, and uh, turns out that was a mistake because <laughs> Woot, uh, which I think is now owned by Amazon, I think Amazon actually bought Woot.com, which is, I don't know, weird. But anyway, uh, they <laughs> so they were selling the band in a box. So new microphone, new drums, new guitar, and then the game disc for like... 90 bucks i mean ridiculously cheap and i have the instruments i have the the discs but i was like yeah you know i want new instruments i want a guitar that's not mostly broken i'd like drums that respond correctly uh you know the ones i have are quite old so i buy this gets delivered i'm all excited i i'm (laughs) I'm like okay i'm gonna export all of my old songs into Rock Band 4 so I can play all those songs in one big catalog in the new interface with the new instruments, and it doesn't work. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. But you know what? I'll get around to that. And the error message was just like, could not connect to store or something really not helpful. The error message says, um, unable to export your Rock Band 3 tracks. Okay. And it's like... There could be any number of reasons for that. Maybe they haven't set it up right. Maybe I'm not connected to the store. Maybe the network's down. Maybe, who knows? Maybe when I bought that game, I had a different PlayStation username, even though I'm pretty sure that's not the case. But I mean, (laughs) could have been any number of things, right? So I'm an adult. I have a full-time job. I have children. So I kind of like shelved this. And then the other day, I was like... I should really figure this out before I've had this game for too long because it's going to go out of warranty or there's going to be some issue. So I contact Harmonix and to their credit, they responded in like 20 minutes and they were like, Oh, Hey, we're super sorry to hear you're having this problem. By any chance, did you buy this game on Amazon recently? And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> when they when they guess the retailer you bought it from that's like that, that means i'm not the first person to complain about this so they had me take a picture of the box which i was like huh that's a weird way to confirm that i bought it because i could it could be like my friend's box or i could have just gone to like a GameStop and taken a picture of the box and then they immediately emailed me back and were like yeah that's the european version of the game and you're in North America, and none of the DLC is going to work. You can't buy anything for it because you're shopping in the North American store and not the yeah. European store. And this is, I mean, I have never, ever, ever run into this problem before. I know this is a thing. I know that there's like the Asian region and the European region, I think an Australian region and a North American region. That might, there might be others, but those are, there's at least that many. 
and it's basically so, a risk map. <laughs> yeah, right. So I I was I wrote them back and I was kind of like, so what do I do? And they were like, get an American copy of the game. I was like, cool, that's not super helpful. So I get in touch with Amazon. Amazon just like crapped all over me. Like I was surprised because their support is usually the best. And what I found so frustrating was I said, I have this game. It's the European version of the game. Everything else about it is fine. I just need the American version of the game because the instruments are not region locked. And the guy (laughs) came back and said, like, well, these are two different products. And I was like, ah, but they're not. It's just just that one of them is locked to the European region, which is not where I am. And I think it's like a little crappy that I was able to buy the European version of the game on Amazon.com, not Amazon.co.uk. Yeah. And and have it shipped to an American address. And, and I was in no way alerted that this was possibly a thing. And the guy was like, dude, I'm super sorry. Like, let me escalate this to our, our like, you know, concern department or whatever it was called. And that guy <laughs> said, well, the it's it's called like an AISN which is like an ISBN for the States. And it's like, oh, the the AISN for this is different, these two products. And I was like, right, I get that. Because one of them is only supposed to be sold in Europe, but you are wrongfully selling it in the United States where <laughs> it is like kind of harmful because it sort of doesn't work right. And he was like, dude, I can't, I literally can't help you. Like I can't issue a refund for a product that's essentially a different product because it's got a different product ID. So we went back and forth and finally I was just like, okay, um, I, okay, I guess. So then I reached (laughs) out to Woot directly because they're still listed as the seller and they, they know full well what is happening because this, (laughs) if, if you look, I can link to it in the show notes. Don't buy it unless you're in Europe, but, you can see the there's like 20 or 30 or 40 one star reviews for the game and they all say like this is the european version of the game why is this being sold on amazon.com this is the european version of the game don't buy this why is this being sold on amazon.com and so when i reached out to woot they were just like they didn't ask for proof that i bought it they didn't ask for anything they were just like you buy this through amazon yeah we're gonna issue you a credit right now and then, like, five minutes later, I got the email from Amazon. So they they didn't try and send me money. They actually had Amazon do the repayment. Yeah. So that means it properly handles the tax and my order is properly updated and everything. And then uh, I was able to take that money and then go buy, you know, just the American game because the peripherals are fine. Here is where I think Woot gets, like, serious pats on the back or like a lifetime achievement award for customer service. <laughs> they refunded me the full cost of the game. If I were to buy it new on Amazon, which at the time was like $46 or something. They then told me in the email confirming that I was going to get a refund that Best Buy and GameStop currently had the disc on sale for twenty nine ninety nine. If I wanted oh, wow. to go get it that right. I was <laughs> just like, not only did they refund me my money, but they then told me essentially where I could go to spend less of it as like a concession for my trouble. I was like, man. This- and they're like, and by the way, there's a great smoothie shop on the way. You should stop in there. Yeah. <laughs> Get a nice strawberries wild. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, you know, I mean, 
would it be better if it had just worked the first time and I wasn't inconvenienced in any way? Of course, but that's not how the universe works. These things happen. And my, I'm sure I've said this on the show at one point or another, but if something goes wrong and you're a business, it is incumbent upon you to make the customer whole. Like, you just, it's just good business. It's just a good business practice. You're not required legally. You're not even necessarily required morally, but it is a good business practice to say, hey, you had to spend time being upset about this and dealing with support. So not only are we going to make things the way they should have been in the first place, but we're going to like go that little extra bit to leave you with a good taste in your mouth. And I mean, five stars would like absolutely stellar work. Um, so this is my uh, exciting adventure into region lock. You ever been bit well, by this? No, I don't think so. But that's a. It's nice that there was a, a happy ending to your your tale of woe. I know. And I, I wish I could have played some of the old Rock Band One songs when I was staying at your place for an entire week. Yeah, and here uh, I w- I won't go into an entire description of this, but I will leave it to say that because of the licensing nonsense of music. When you are exporting songs into later Rock Band games, you have to re-download them, which is fine, one at a time, which is not fine. No, not fine at all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This might be a a bits and pieces thing for you guys to talk about with crazy video game music licensing rights. But anyway, everything more or less worked out, and I got that delicious smoothie. (laughs) (laughs) All right, shall we? I think we shall. All right. Thank you for listening to episode 134 of Flipping Tables. Uh, as always, check out the show notes at sunriserobot.net slash flipping tables slash 134. Uh, and also head to our Reddit community for continued conversation about backspace and now space par, space bar, not space par, um, <laughs> space golf. Um, uh, a new challenger has appeared for our conversation about keys <laughs> that are overloaded. And uh, I would love to hear what everyone thinks about that and our, our continued conversation. Um, you can also subscribe to our show uh, using pretty much any any good podcast app. I like to use Overcast. You're still using Pocket Casts. Yes, sir. And uh, just search for Flipping Tables or search for Sunrise Robot and you can see all of our shows or even the master feed, which gets you all of our shows in one RSS feed delivered straight to your device, uh, as it should be. That way you get new shows every single week of Flipping Tables and uh, some of our other shows, which are either weekly or biweekly or rarely, like the pseudo show. Uh, (laughs) Um, and then it's just, you know, a lot of these apps are really nice because they make it easy to listen. You can change speeds. You can uh, do all sorts of fancy things. Um, if you want to support us directly, you can head to patreon.com slash sunrise robot and pledge dollars to our whole enterprise here. And that, that helps us do things like move to Columbus. No, just kidding. You didn't pay for my move to Columbus. Um, but, uh, it, it does just, you know, help us pay hosting fees and, and all that kind of stuff and, uh, makes it easy for us to continue enjoying this, uh, very passionate hobby of ours. And, uh, we thank you all so much for those that have supported us. And depending on the level you pledge, you might get your name mentioned at the end of every Flipping Tables. And uh, with that, I want to give a special thanks to Matt Mariner, Sean Byrne, Benji Robinson, Region Locked Cunningham, Carolyn Kraut, Cliff Lyons, Ido Abramovich, Justin Edwards, Joan Edwards, and Warren Myers. We love you all so much. Even if you still use Backspace Nav. Even if you're wrong. (laughs) 
We'll see you all next week. See you next week.